Of course, he's with the coolest ad ever. See, Rose, man, I'll tell you what. I'm really, really happy to see you. I am. I am, too. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be home, which is nice. You are home. And I just saw, as I signed on here, 24 years married to that beautiful bride. I know. You're the luckiest guy I know. I Believe me, I say it every morning. 24 years ago today, she said, I do. And then she said, I what? That's what happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Very well, cool. you know what, dude? As what much as I love Michelle, great woman. You're a good dude, all right? She's lucky, too. That's very sweet of you. Very sweet. Do you have a teleprompter in front of you? Is that what's on the teleprompter today? No, I think I really did just miss you. I, we had Jimmy. We had Jake on the show. Just wasn't the same, man. It's, this is me and you, baby. I know. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that today's baseball today is presented to you by the 2021 Tops MLB Inception NFT Collection, which we will get to momentarily. Everybody will want to have their ears out for that one. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, all right, so the biggest series in baseball just wrapped last night on Sunday Night Baseball. Giants end up taking two out of three from the Dodgers. Lead the National League West by one game with just a few weeks to go. Uh, ended up taking the season series ten games to nine. What was your biggest takeaway from this weekend? I think there's just some magic in San Francisco. I don't know what other way to put it. You know, whether it be – you know, the bunts by, was it Crawford and Yaz? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the comebacks, the, the extra inning wins. Just seeing Gabe and his coaches there, they're just such a unit. I don't know, man. There's just something going on there that's beautiful. The Dodgers come into town. No big deal. You know, we're not going to panic, not do anything like that. They get the job done on all facets of the ball, too, which I think is really cool. And they just remind me of a good – not a good, a great baseball team, like mm-hmm. a well-constructed baseball team. And they was, I don't know, man, the Dodgers put together a really good effort too. It wasn't like the Dodgers played bad baseball. Like if the Dodgers played bad baseball up there and the Giants won a series, I, you know, maybe it would look different. I thought the games were good. Uh-huh. The Giants came out on top. I mean, this is not a team that's just going to roll over or anything like that. They're, they've been the best team in baseball for a reason. Uh, but then you get that little bit of magic going, too. It was, it was really special to watch. I thought it was great. Um, it made me clamor for a divisional round meeting between these two. Whoever fit, whoever ends up the non-winner of the division and ends up being the one seed in the wild card game, they have to win it. Like, I think the Reds have been a great story this year. The Padres have obviously been super exciting. Having Tatis go on a long playoff run would be really good for baseball, all that sort of stuff. There's a bunch of other teams that are in this, you know, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, they could all snag that second wild card. For the first time ever, I want to see Giants-Dodgers in the playoffs. I do. You know, we've seen some great races, but it's just never happened in October. And so I want to see that. Uh, The other thing I want to see is I don't want to see Tony Rondazzo behind home plate. (laughs) Last night was horrible. Pretty bad. So just uh, league office, just Maybe put a little check mark by that one. He can he can umpire a base. He cannot have home plate at any point in the series. Uh, last thing is, I don't know what's happened to Cody Bellinger. He, yeah. is, he was two for 48 this year against the Giants. Two for 48 with one extra base hit. I think it's probably the greatest mystery in all of sports, particularly at least in baseball. I, I don't know what's happened to the guy. I don't want to pound on him. I just sit there and I – 
I wonder, because now with Pollock out at least two to three weeks with a hamstring injury, they don't have the luxury of just kind of bringing him in as a defensive replacement or maybe having him face a tough right-handed hit. They got to go with him now. I kind of like that. Maybe that'll get him going. I do want to say shout out to to Jeff and Jagger and Zuma and Fox who are all watching. They're my buddies, so I want to say hi to them. Hey, what's up? Um, up, But here's another thing, too. One takeaway I had. NL baseball gets a little weird to me. Like Will Smith there at the end of the game at first base, you know, Trey Turner. You know what happened? That happened because they went with a bullpen game. And when you have a bullpen game and you've got to use your position players, even with an extended bench here in September, it's not as extended as it used to be. But, yeah, the guy had never played an inning of first base at any level. Ever, And that's tough for me because Turner, you know, not a great throw, kind of slang it over there a little too hard. Right. Uh, But for him, he's also playing out of position. He's on a second baseman. (laughs) So two guys out of position, and that's what happens. You lose a ball game because of that. Yep. You're right. It's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, once again, we got some breaking news here. Tops recently announced the upcoming release of the 2021 Tops MLB Inception NFT collection. So it's inspired by the popular Tops Inception baseball physical product. These things are going to be available live this Thursday, September 9th at 1 o'clock Eastern exclusively. And I want you to write this down if you have to. TopsNFTs.com. So it celebrates baseball's promising stars from breakout rookies to veteran mainstays and also introduces the new beginnings which is a set that celebrates both new and familiar faces in new places. So when it goes live this Thursday, you'll have the ability to purchase a five-card standard pack or 25-card premium packs via credit card with NFT card rarities ranging from common to legendary. And it also includes iconic tops card designs, motion animations, facsimile signatures, digital relic content, and more. That is the 2021 Tops MLB Inception NFT Collection. Available this Thursday, September 9th at 1 Eastern, only on TopsNFTs.com. Go get you some. Go get you some. All right, back to the business. How about those hard-charging New York Mets led by Javi Baez? A four-hit day yesterday, this weekend in Washington, seven for 14, two bombs, six runs scored. They're now within three and a half of the Braves there in the NL East. And afterward, their owner, Steve Cohen, took to Twitter, and he said... Where's the Twitter experts complaining about Baez now? They must be away for the weekend. Do you like the boss's response? No, I don't think he should be on Twitter, dude. I mean, I said that before. Here's the problem I have with Steve saying that. You know, where are the Twitter experts complaining about Baez now? He was the Twitter expert complaining about the Mets' offense. That was him. He's talking to himself, I think. His tweet from uh, August 18th, it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach to slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. That was pretty much directed at their team and maybe Javi Baez. So, like, what's this, guy, what's this guy doing? Like, I don't understand it. You have so much money. You own a baseball team. Get off Twitter. You don't need this. You're making a fool of yourself, to be honest with you. Well, see, but for years, I've wanted – I want an owner who's not in a stuffy suit and who hides up in a box. I sure. like that personality. I told you that. I thought that the league screwed up when they didn't let Mark Cuban buy the Chicago Cubs two decades ago. I thought that would that could have changed the trajectory of the sport, in my opinion, in the way that it's covered, the way that it's marketed. He's such a genius. Uh, now there's a guy in here who's not – he doesn't have the same bravado and dynamic that Mark Cuban does, 
but he's no. trying something different. Um, you don't like it. I just, I just, I don't like the vibe. Maybe if I met Stevie Cohen and we we talked, maybe I'd get a different uh, point of view. But all I have is his Twitter, and I don't really like it that much. And then his past and stuff like that. So, not he's not giving me a lot to really like, to be honest with you. See, I just think that we complain constantly as fans when our owners sit in the box and we don't know who they are, and we complain when they show their personality and who they are. So, what what do you want out of your owner? Do you want somebody who's always silent and just being a good money person and just letting people do their job? Or do you want somebody who's going to be opinionated kind of like a fan? I, I've never cared for owners to be, to be vocal. I think, you know, you hire people and like those people should be vocal. I, I want more front office interviews. I want to hear what they're thinking and their opinions and why they made these moves. Most of the times the owners aren't involved in day-to-day -day decisions so, like, I don't care about like, really hearing from the owners, to be honest with you. Like, unless they have something nice to say, like, I like that. But coming out and, like, berating your own team on Twitter and then berating your fans after, after Sandy Alderson just came and said the players can't say that to the fans, the owner comes and he does it. It's a weird – it's, it's Matsy. It is weird. It is weird because you're right. You, you point out a tremendous number of inconsistencies. All I can say is you didn't really truly live through the George Steinbrenner era. You just didn't. Yeah, I was too, you're, young. You're too, I was young. too young. Yeah, you're too young. It was insane. And I can't tell you how many times when I see Steve Cohn tweet or when I see Mark Cuban put something out, I sit there and I say, if social media had been around in the 70s and 80s when Steinbrenner was going ape shit, it would have been legendary. It just would have been amazing. And um, we Is that talking. what he's trying to be? Uh, no, I don't know. No, 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 no. Because I don't think he's got that. Like Steinbrenner was so caustic and it felt mean spirited and so angry constantly, you know, and I'll never, my dad flew next to George Steinbrenner when he was thinking of buying the Yankees in the early seventies. They were, cause you know, George Steinbrenner was a Clevelander and my dad flew on him next to a flight and he's going over the spreadsheet with my dad about how he's planning on buying the Yankees and what he planned to and that's why my dad was always a huge wow. Steinbrenner fan. Yeah, it was a really interesting story. That yeah. is a really interesting story. Yeah, fascinating. And then the Wait. best part is they got to the uh, they got to the gate, and the front door wouldn't open. There was a problem with the door, so everybody had to back out the plane. You know, the back of the plane. They were sitting in first class, and Steinbrenner was furious. Like he's like, I have to go all the way to the back of the plane. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I do want to – Shea Station, our Mets podcast, asked me if the Mets are still dead, obviously trying to take a shot at me. Yeah. I'm still – uh, I'm saying they're dead. Oh, I'm God. I'm going to backtrack. Really? They still, have, they still have a ways to go. What are they, three and a half back? You know, three they just a had an excellent run. I mean, can you keep that pace up? They can. I want them to make it. I, I want to be wrong about that. I really do because that's good for baseball, but I got to stick to my guns. Okay. No, you're allowed to stick to it. I think they're going to get closer. I, I'm surprised. I think they really kind of turned the corner. They could have gone way sideways. It could have been 10 back. People are saying Javi Baez had to sacrifice a $200,000 earring so the Mets could go. So maybe that's it. Yeah. I'd still have my ass searching out for that. It's worth it. Hey, Steve Cohen, pick up the bill. It's worth it, baby. Hey, if Julio Jones, when he was with the Falcons, loses a diamond earring and hires a search crew to go check, you know, comb through the lake, few of us can get out on the diamond. In LA. <laughs> All right. Uh,
here's why I'm wearing the Blue Jays hat today. Blue Jays swept the A's. They're four out of the wild card chase. Seattle has won five in a row. They are only three back of the Red Sox for that second wild card spot. Question is, one, both, or neither will get within one game of the final wild card spot at some point down the stretch. And this is one of those tough questions, Chris. I'm going to say both, though. It's not like wow. the Yankees are playing some excellent brand of baseball. The Red Sox have been winning series, but it's not like they're a juggernaut. They've hit, they've been crushed by COVID. Right. And these two teams have been playing well. So, you know, Seager kind of put the Mariners on his back. Simeon did his dang thing against his former team. They're fun to watch. I mean, look, they're, I love that all these teams are making a run at the end of the year. There was a point where we thought the NL um, – playoff race was wrapped up like a month ago we thought here's the teams that are going to be in that's not the case anymore there's been some teams that come down some teams that go up and that's just baseball i love that these teams are making a run of it and i hope they do get close the more teams we have in contention the better for totally. everybody involved better for our show the better for baseball in general and these two teams in particular the blue jays and the Mariners, are just like extremely fun to watch so i'm rooting for them and i do think both of them get really close just because they really want it they're like it's it almost seems to me, Chris, and tell me if I'm wrong, it's like a young, hungry vibe. I always say the uh -huh. Mariners in 2022 are going to be awesome to watch. Maybe they're like, screw that, dude. Like, let's, let's start now. And the more games they get, I'm talking specifically about the Mariners, and I guess it goes for the Blue Jays as well. The more games they get in an atmosphere like this and a playoff run where they're in contention, that's just going to serve them next year too. So even if the window's not necess necessarily there for the Mariners, well, I do believe their Blue Jays are in their window – uh, this is going to serve them well in the future. Well, the reason I'm wearing a Blue Jays hat is because I can't find my Mariners hat today. I, I have no <laughs> idea where I put it. And I would be wearing the Mariners hat because I believe in them. And I don't come back and bite me, Mariners. I thought a few years ago you had a legit shot. I don't remember what year it was. I want to say it was maybe 2013 or 14, where they headed into September and they were right there. It was right there for the taking. And I think they had like a huge three or four game set in Toronto. If there's any Mariners fans, help me out with this. And I know that they they shit the bed and they it ended up blowing up in their face. And it's the reason why they have the longest playoff drought of any of the four major professional sports in this country. With that being said, you know how I'm going against my thought pattern with schedules. Uh -oh. they, have, they have two series left with the Angels. Two with Oakland, who's not playing well. One each with Houston that starts today, Arizona, Boston, and KC. It could be there for the taking. Which I'm team is this? Saying, guys. That's Seattle. Let's go, Seattle. Come on. Let's do this. And if you're keeping track, Toronto's got two left each with the Yankees, Rays, Orioles, and Twins. So they got two really good teams and two not really good teams. The Yanks aren't playing hot right now. Look, they could catch them at a, at, on a lull, and then that right. great team is not a great team. Uh, the, the one bad thing for the for the uh, Jays in this series, it's a four-game set over the next three days. They have a doubleheader coming, and uh, Robbie Ray will not pitch. That guy has just been a demon. He's been so good, he got to wear the home run jacket, which was nice. I thought that was awesome. That was awesome. All right, uh, speaking of home runs, how about Vogie with the walk-off Grand Slam for the Brewers, they were down 5-1 late. They end up walking off Alex Reyes and the St. Louis Cardinals. He said afterward it was just another win. You buying that? Well, I mean, 
I know why he says that. The Brewers just taking care of freaking business. Yes. Where are they up right now, Chris? I'm looking right now. Eleven games up yes. in the division. They're doing it. I think it's good for them to have some games like this. You know, yep. get that feeling because they're cruising. They're cruising into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think it's just another win. You put up a five spot in the ninth in the blink of a freaking eye. Hit a walk off Granny off one of the better relievers in the freaking game. And what I loved about this, and this was actually pointed out to me on Twitter by. I believe um, the woman who's giving the on-field interview after the game. I don't have her name in front of me. I apologize. Sophia? She, Sophia Minner? What's that? Sophia Minner. Okay, Sophia Minner. She was giving the interview to Vogelbach. You know, that takes a while. After the game, everyone's cheering, giving the interview. His entire team was in the dugout, man. That doesn't. Every, she said, I've never seen it happen. And then I thought back, like, that doesn't happen. Everyone's in the right. everyone's back in the clubhouse, and then you greet them in the clubhouse. You, yeah, you're stoked. You're waiting for them there. But this team, they have something going there, man. The chemistry is great. We saw it when we were in Milwaukee. Bunch of good guys rallying around each other. Yep. They're just having fun. They're just having fun. And he was, I mean, Vogelbach, man. His helmet, why this. is his helmet so small? <laughs> I love it, man. I'm not going there. Uh, <laughs> We don't have to talk a lot about this because you made the perfect point. It would have been just another game if everybody had already been in the clubhouse. The fact that everybody waited on the steps of the dugout, it's all you need to know. It's a great shot of them all like this, like this. Super excited. I love to see that. All right, what, what was the best story this weekend that we have not covered yet so far in our Monday edition? Uh, well, you, you posed a couple to me in our email, and the Tony Kemp sitting on the or staying on the field after the Marcus Simeon walk off, I thought was really cool. Then people were kind of asking, "What were you doing out there? Your team just got walked off." Clearly, he knows Simeon, and I think his response was something like, "Man, I just wanted to live in that moment for a little bit." Like mm -hmm. baseball coming full circle for for Marcus, it was a really cool thing. The baseball gods did it, put him in that position. He just wanted to be there. And I think that's really cool perspective for a guy like Kemp. Uh, you know, when you first get to the big leagues, first of all, you start off as a fan. Everyone's a fan. You work your way up to be a professional. And then you get there to the big leagues and everything is awesome. And you're looking around, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I believe is the saying. Yes, it is. That sounds like something from your era. It is. <laughs> okay. Hey, by the way, and, Mr. Silva used to use that every day in my sixth grade math class. That's a great callback. But then after you get – in the middle of your career and you're trying to survive, man, you're trying to play well, help your team win, make some money. And then you, you, you stop doing stuff like that. You stop taking a look around the stadium and realizing how fortunate you are. And then at the end of the career, when you know, it's kind of going to be taken away from you, I think you start to do that again. Uh, and Kemp having that, having the, um, the wherewithal to, to kind of like just be in that moment, I think is really cool. And anyone that thinks that's like weird or like he shouldn't do that because his team lost, I think doesn't understand, you know, what that would feel like. And even I want to say one more point and I'll let you go. Sorry, it's long. Uh -huh. No, you're good. We were out in Milwaukee and we had a bunch of the dudes who work with John Boy behind the scenes on the field. And we were playing uh, just kind of like messing around. And I said, you know what, guys, like, go on the field and, like, go look around. Like, how many times are you, you going to be on a big league field where you can do basically whatever you want? I said, go yep. do it. Act like you're running out uh, onto the field and people are cheering. Like, that's really cool. And they did it, and they're like, dude, like, thank you. Like, what a, what a cool perspective. And so for Tony Kemp to do it in that moment, smart. Smart, and I love it that he, he shared it with us, you know, because some people could have been like, dude, he did that against your team, and your team – 
has been sucking lately, and you're losing grasp on even having a chance at the wild card. For him to have a bigger perspective on it, I think it's so important, particularly what we have been through as a country and as a world over the last year and a half. Like, yeah, let's appreciate some of the moments. There wasn't a damn thing he could do. What was no. he going to go back, go into the crowd, take the ball back, throw it on the field, and say that home run didn't count? The home run happened. And the interesting part of this story that I don't think a lot of people knew about, Marcus Simeon, of course, was a teammate of Tony Kemp and a lot of those guys in Oakland. He took them all out to dinner Thursday night. He took them out to dinner. He said, yo, guys, you're always family. Whether we're competing this weekend or not, we've all been through a lot of battles together. So uh, to me, that's the coolest thing about sports. And it sucks that it happened against Tony Kemp's team. But I love it that he could sit there and appreciate it. I thought it, it, was cool. it also shows how loved Marcus Simeon is. Uh -huh. and then, you know, I've been a teammate of his. I understand the kind of guy he is. He's special, man. Like, people like him because he's a good person. And he works hard. And he's really yeah. good at baseball. Like, he's kind of got it all. So guess what? Blue Jays, I know they're – I think they're already trying to keep him there. Like, do it. Like, and any other team, if the Blue Jays don't do it, go get a guy like Marcus Simeon because it's – there's just more. He's worth more. He's one of those guys. Shame on us, and I know he hasn't played shortstop this year because of Bichette, but shame on us when we talk about the big four that's available, right, with Seager, Baez, um, Story, and Correa. Shame on us for not talking about Marcus Simeon in the same breath. Well, to be, to be fair, they have – maybe a longer track record of success where Marcus has a few really good years and a few. So I get why people would do that, I don't... but there's, but he could be, he could be the one that's figured something out and can play longer. And I don't know. More. I, I'd look at his last three years and yeah, compare his high, his high is high. But if you're just basing on the last three years, it's pretty damn good uh, for me, by the way, and we'll finish it up with this Henry Ramos. Congratulations. 11 years in the minors, promoted to the big leagues by the Arizona Diamondbacks and gets his first major league hit. It had over 3,600 minor league appearances. He got drafted at age 18, made a show debut at age 29. And what else is he famous for, Trevor Plouffe? Two, know, days Chris. Before, two days before he got promoted, he was the guy circling the bases for the Reno Aces that threw the punch and his helmet at Tacoma. Oh, they got him up, so he'd avoid suspension. He does. He certainly does. And he ended up getting his first major league hit. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, by the way, he had the best average of anybody in the minors. He was hitting like 371 when he got called up, and he's been just doing a ton of damage. So I'm happy for him, and I'm even happier that he gets to avoid a minor league suspension. Oh gosh, dude. Hey, minor leaguers, stop fighting. What are you doing? Oh, you know that that happens down there. I've been, the trust time. me, I've been in brawls. Can you? I, I couldn't think if I got hurt in a freaking minor league brawl and it affected my chance to be in the big leagues. My goodness, dude. Yeah, but you don't think that way when you're young and stupid. I did. There's a lot what? of well, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who aren't as uh, cerebral or you know. Mm, excuse me. A lot. <laughs> um, all right. So, what do you have coming up on John Boy? I'm going right to uh talking baseball man oh, we're working on a labor day yeah those guys are at the uh the jersey shore aren't they dude yeah you know what the more and more i find out about jimmy's background wow beach house like just got yeah, a beach house Did you, i mean my parents didn't have a beach house i don't know about yours 
No, well, we had a second house in Florida, but yeah, we were kind of stuck up too. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, whatever, you know. Kudos to you and Jane for developing a great work ethic, even though you had a silver spoon. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out with Miguel Rojas. It is a unbelievable hour-long discussion and um, so entertaining. He's just. He's a great guy. We already put the clip out about him wanting to become a professional poker player when his oh, game was done. Yeah, it's really good. But he talks about everything. He talked about, you know, he was there when the whole Mets shenanigans went down with this and this. We had a lengthy discussion. And uh, he was like, no, listen, dude, I didn't either. He's close with Baez and Lindor. He said, I didn't bother those guys. But he has definite opinions about it. So it was really good. And I'm looking forward to taping tomorrow's episode with Lucas Giolito. Been a while since we caught up. So that'd be nice. I'll yeah, Miggy, Miggy seems cool. I love the Votto clip that you guys put out about John Boy. Oh. He's hilarious, man. He's so funny. And for people that aren't following along, of course he's trolling. He's just having fun. The first time I I thought I heard John John Boy, but I kind of let it go because I'm, you know, sometimes there's a bad connection on Zoom or whatever. And then he goes, Yeah, well, how is John? I was like, John? He's like, Yeah, John Boy. I was like, you are a funny motherfucker. People don't know he's actually uh, a closet uh, Coach Trev fan. Who is? Joy Votto. I should have asked him that. Why didn't you tell me that? Well, it's know. unconfirmed, but I have suspicions. Well, I would have asked him point blank. There was nothing. <laughs> don't do the, I don't want my heart to be broken. <laughs> well, stop. I don't want great. him to be like, who? Oh, he had so many of those moments. So many of those moments. Uh, don't forget about the MLB Inception NFT collections presented by Tops. It's coming your way live Thursday, September 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern. TopsNFTs.com. We are back at it again tomorrow on Baseball Today. I know that sounds weird, but we are. So it'll be Tuesday, Baseball Today, 1130 Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific. Can't wait to see you then, Ploof. Have a great Labor Day. You too, buddy. Love you. Peace. Same.